Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Bostecu. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame, and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hello, wonderful ones. This week's episode is with the brilliant, absolute force that is journalist Rose Stokes. Dear sweet universe, we really put it to rights. First things first, thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm deeply grateful. I'd be made up if you would leave it a lush review and subscribe to it as well and tell other people about it. Thank you. If by the end of this episode uh, you've not been inspired to spend all your spare money on the therapist you've always dreamed of... (laughs) Uh, you can support the podcast financially if you've got spare money um, that you want to do like a like a one-off fiver or something um, you can do that at Acast Supporter go to supporter.acast.com forward slash hoovering or there's a link in the podcast notes as ever uh, or if you want to become a regular a financial helper outer please go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod where I swap um, hoovering related stuff in exchange for as little as $2 a month, like guest recipes. Also, I do like a, an outtakes thing. For example, like in the conversation you're about to hear, there was like over another half an hour 
of conversation that it's only not made it into this podcast because of a lack of space um so that stuff all goes exclusively uh to my patrons so maybe become one of them i get all my um, fruit and veg these aren't a sponsor these are just people i love i get a fruit and veg box called odd box who do um basically stuff that's either surplus or too wonky ridiculously or too big sometimes uh for supermarkets and stuff that supermarkets have rejected or haven't got the space for um it's so good everything in it is always so good anyway it's called odd box and they're doing a thing at the moment where until the end of august so this will be your last chance you can get a tenner off um your first box if you use a code that i've got i um have put it in my um biogs on my social media so if you follow at the hoovering pod it's there and it's also in the podcast notes but it's too long to read out now right let's have a podcast shall we enough of enough of that bloody admin okay um rose came round to mind for pringles and wine very classy um hence the sort of increasingly fast talking whirlwind that this becomes <laughs> but god we had a lot to talk about and um i'd go so far as to say shout about Hello, thanks for coming to my house. That's okay. <laughs> um, we've already nearly drunk all our wine, so we'll top that yeah, up. Especially because it actually makes a really lovely noise, I think, on the microphone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a nice noise. I should have opened oh. the bottle on it, shouldn't I? Especially as it was a corky one, like an old school What's one. Was it? Yeah. What is it? That's your fancy, aren't you? I got a fancy one for you, not Rose. Even, not even a screw top. It's a Greco Benevenato. Bene... How would you say that? Greco Benevenato. Benevenato, Benevenato. It's a prodotto in Italian, isn't it? <laughs> it's an Italian white so, wine. So, do you know, I actually speak Spanish and okay. a bit of Italian, but I don't know mm. how to say This has immediately become very embarrassing. But- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Um, I think we should move on. We should move on. Um, I've got snacks uh, to go with the wine. Um, I, I, I know that, especially during a pandemic, you're supposed to give someone their own toothpick to eat um, olives with. <laughs> I didn't have any toothpicks. I've just got enormous um, wooden barbecues kebab sticks. So I've got those. So I thought we could try an olive each of these. My olives were a present Ooh, from... Um, hashtag gifted. Hashtag gifted. <laughs> oh, I've never heard that. Hashtag gifted. Oh, I get it. Oh, God. Like, like it's been a really long day. Add, I get it. Hashtag like, blessed. Because you're an influencer. Am I? Wait, can I also just say um, yeah. my favourite joke that I came up with this week and my boyfriend's going to roll his eyes when he hears this. But I said to him, do you think like if you became an influencer during the pandemic, you could call yourself an influenza? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And he was like, get out. Shut up. Yeah, get out. <laughs> Can't believe you're in my home. No, I really like it. Also, because anyone who is an actual influencer really hates being called an influencer um so i've got like a foot long um, <laughs> toothpick that i'm gonna so these were a present from um my friend becky so I Stubbings. Take a photo of this too. yeah who's um she's a singer called saint savior <laughs> i never want to see that okay. um we'll get on to that okay um <laughs> And I've got, um, and I love it when, so she's well, got these from a Turkish shop. Yeah. about 10,000 different types. Yeah. Oh, there's thick garlic in them. It's fine, isn't it? Your boyfriend's away. Oh, fuck that. Um, Wouldn't care even if you would. Oh, it's so fun trying to stab it with a whole kebab stick. What, this is- <laughs> We've never met before this, and I've served you olives with a kebab stick. I think we'll be friends for a long time now. I think we will. I know, we've been WhatsApping before this, and it was like, we've met in another life. 
You know, like when you see a baby and you're like, it's not their... I remember someone saying it, you see a baby that's got like wise eyes. And I I remember once uh, hearing someone say, it's not their first time around. And I was like, (laughs) I've never believed in any of that shit. But I was like, I like that. Um, And then you met me on WhatsApp. Yeah, and and was like, hang on. This isn't... We've been friends in as probably as like lemurs or alpacas (laughs) or... rats (laughs) rats <laughs> we've, we've been friends in our other lives um, Pringles I've got very boringly got um, ready salted I wanted to get um, prawn cocktail because I didn't know if you tried prawn cocktail Pringles well I've never no I haven't um, a brilliant comedian called Mark Watson told me that there's prawn cocktail Pringles and I didn't, I didn't know, that. know that do you eat Pringles I do okay so it's not going to work as well with these so maybe this is a shit test <laughs> Um, but because they're really salty, it won't work as well. I don't know if you know this. So, how would you naturally go to eat a Pringle? Like, yeah. So you're putting it like. So not if I'm doing. So the if you had just one, mouth. yeah. If you had just one, you'd do it naturally. Wait, as like the top of the beak, wouldn't you? <laughs> right. So it's like the top of a beak. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's have one like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mm. It's like a really boring. I mean, it's a, it's nice because it's a Pringle. No, I'm about to change your life. Uh oh. Okay, get your second Pringle. Turn it over so it's like smiley face, bottom of the beak. It's very hard to do, like, because it doesn't naturally fit in your mouth that way. But put it so that the the top, the roof, the back of the Pringle is the bit that first goes onto your tongue, and you're gonna get so much more flavour. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's where they put all the salt, it, um, all, all the all the prawn cocktail, or all the salt and vinegar, or all whatever flavour it is. Wait, it goes on again. the back. It goes on the back, but we are so trained because of the shape of them. Ah. They've made them the wrong way up. Yeah. Mmm. Uh, uh. Yeah. Mmm. That first one was so. Try. I'm going in for one the normal way around. It's just like soap. Just lick it if you don't want it. It's like soap on the bottom. It's like so boring. Because I always thought that it was like a sort of ergonomic thing, like... Well, they've designed them, because it's meant to go in that way, but... Mm. It's so boring underneath, compared to on top. You're right. Yeah. You are correct. Yeah. Um, and I got them because I got some uh, Taralini. These make you like, look like posher than you are. Yeah, they're, cro- they're Crostra and Molica fennel seed Taralini. And I got them because my mum bought me these little bowls. And I thought, she'd be so proud if I bought some fennel seed tarellini <laughs> and put them in a little bowl for my right, guest. Now, my next question, where did you go to buy them? Um, well, the um, gifted. olives were a gift gifted. from um, Becky Stubbings, also known as the Amazing Singer, St. Saviour. These Pringles were from Tesco Express. Nice. Fennel seed tarellini were from the big Tesco in Catford, which is a murderous <laughs> hole. Oh. And it's really weird that you can never call me posh for having got those in Catford fair. Tesco's. Fair, Catford Tesco's fair. is like a law unto itself. <laughs> it's a it's a sociology <laughs> degree. Every is fucking it like trip. The, um, so I'm in Peckham, and the Asda on Old Kent Road yep. is a ride. Yep. Yeah. It's it, it's um it's like the first five minutes of your Morrison's. I used to live in Peckham. And that Morrison's, I, I don't know if it's changed. I was, I was there a long time ago mm, now. I but don't think it's changed. I would, um, it would take me half an hour to get through the first five minutes because there were so many people just 
really there for a chat with anyone yeah, 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 who was yeah, on their yeah, way yeah. in, who who was prepared yeah, to talk yeah, yeah. to them. So I think I've been there for seven or eight years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, there is like if you're as antisocial as I am, then you just wear headphones. But it does not make you popular. Yeah. And um, although it's a good Morrison though, mm. I have to say. Oh, it's an absolutely great I'm really, I am here for this. I'm here for the supermarket chat, you know. Lovely. I, oh, I'm a big fan of supermarkets. <laughs> I, we might I, not get onto anything else. And I you've got such like, brilliant opinions we on things, to, we must. Um, oh, we went to Brighton last weekend and we walked into... Like, this is like the sort of stupid shit that you'd, like, I brag about uh, to my new boyfriend. But, like, we got into, like, um, Sainsbury's in Brighton. And, he, and I was like, what, what are we looking for? And he was like, we need to get some sun cream. And I was like, right, it's in that aisle. And I was like... <gasps> um, and I was like... Like, so funny thing, I worked in Sainsbury's for five years as a teenager and I know where anything is in any Whoa. Sainsbury's because they're all mapped out the same. I'm thinking of you being in, if there's ever set a... a I mean, a they've done in, sweep. No, I was thinking Mission Impossible. They've done oh. enough of those films. <laughs> they've done enough of those films now that surely Sainsbury's needs to feature in one. Well, like the Da Vinci's You need to be at like, least yeah. a location advisor, I if mean, not to be honest, as part I, of the main, like, main um, cast. When I went, like, I, like, when I go back, I sometimes think... Life was better then. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy, actually, that I was mates with when I worked there, actually, well, I fancied him, um, messaged me on Instagram yesterday because he saw um, one of my, like... One of my jokes had been published somewhere mm. funny. <laughs> um, and he um, he was like, oh, do you remember when we used to work at Sainsbury's? And I was like, yeah. Do you remember how we used to have two-hour shifts on a Tuesday and Thursday, so from five till seven, and we had, like, a competition that we would run that was who can go the longest without serving a customer? And we'd do... <laughs> and we'd both sit there. It was when they had, like, those quick tills, and we'd sit there and just... JD Sainsbury's like, going to be turning lob. in his fucking grave. I used to lob to stuff on the floor. So if someone was coming towards me, I'd lob something on the floor. I'd be like, sorry, like, grab it so that they couldn't make... Icons. So if someone makes eye contact with you, you're done. Yeah, you're done. Uh, and then they used to get us to when I then became a checkout supervisor for no I have no idea amazing what you this. accidentally rose up the ranks through yeah. through, through I used to I literally an effort so, made so like, to was, be an Epps I was literally eight, like 17, 18 it was like everyone's 18th oh, birthdays on God. Friday nights used to go out and get hammered and then Saturday mornings they'd get me to open the supermarket at 6.30 right yeah. I'd go in and I remember we used to play like cricket with like with um, baguettes and rolls and like loving them each other and like l- hitting them back amazing that at the end of the day that had gone all hard because I can no, imagine no, no, the beginning call- of the day <laughs> <laughs> and then sell those baguettes yeah. and, you know, and you know sometimes people come to me for career advice now and I just think how things have changed you know you know it's a different time oh Sainsbury's um, at the moment it's my favourite supermarket um but generally, um, Lewisham Master is my favourite because it's the world foods. Uh, it's got two world food aisles. Two? Yeah, and you can get um, five kilogram bags of basmati rice for like three quid. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I have to say I'm a little gal, which is um, <sighs> hard to admit. Always, it hasn't always got everything on my list, right? It's hard to admit because me and my brothers used to rip my dad for years for being like, he'd always be like, like shopping in Lidl, we were like, oh God, yeah, ha ha ha. And then now, 
And then moved into Peckham, it's like my closest supermarket. I'm like, it's just a cavern of wonder. Yeah. And actually, you get used... So, you know that whole economic theory about choice and when you've got too many choices, you always feel like you've made the wrong choice. Oh. Because, um, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's okay. Yeah. So, basically, if you walked into a shop and there was, like, ten different types of jam... Do you know, I regularly think there's too much choice in the world. No wonder everybody's diagnosed if you, with anxiety. So, if you... Like, I'm pointing at you with the... With yeah, the I liked it. Now. No, I yeah. liked Okay. Like and give give the woman a lectern. <laughs> give her a lectern. So if there was like ten jams yeah. in your supermarket, and you're yeah. standing there, and you're like, oh, but I, I quite like strawberry, but I don't want, don't want this brand's strawberry because I've heard that maybe they maybe don't pay their workers enough. Mm. And this this strawberry looks like it might be a bit better ethically, but oh, is it a sugar? Is it? And like you're standing there for ages, being like, which jam do I get? And like studies have found, and I can't quote any because this is like. No, no yeah. but but if they just had one jam, you'd leave happier with your choice because you didn't have to make a choice. Yeah. So Lidl's principle and the way that it makes apparently how it makes like so much money it, is because they just literally have one of everything. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a really simple shop, isn't it? My only, I I do. I've got a little. I'm in Catford, so I've got a little Anne and Audi. Oh yeah, <laughs> she's bragging. Um, but Audi's my, good for uh, candles, apparently. I don't... I've got a real problem with candles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I did not see that coming. When I walked into that little bit of advice... I feel like candles are something that you buy someone you don't know or you hate. Okay. But I had to eat, I had to eat my words on a job <laughs> about a, two years ago when I turned up at an acting job and there was a really lovely like little bag of treats from the producers and I didn't have a big part in this thing and I was like well that is very nice and then um, somebody told me that the candle in it was worth like 40 quid and I was like I thought thank you very much I feel very special but I still don't I just don't give a fuck yeah it's in my fire did it smell nice it smells of laundry it smells of people who've got money to so the thing is I got quite into candles during lockdown right Um, as as we've discussed before we started recording um I had a lot of time on my hands and I've got an indoor cat and I'm constantly paranoid that the house smells of urine and feces, even though it doesn't, because I am so aware of it. And I have a, a, I'd say, pretty good sense of smell. Yeah. Um, But I was so paranoid that I started burning, like, wax burners and stuff. So now my house just smells glorious all the time. Okay, fair play. Right. Okay, enough about candles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to not talk about your amazing article that you wrote recently for the Metro in response to the government's like current attempt at making people healthier. Mm. Um, because that's where I discovered you. Um, oh, I... I uh, you basically pleaded with the universe to acknowledge that you can't tell how healthy someone is from looking at them. Correct. Um, and are you up for getting into that? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into it. Um... Presumably, just so everyone's aware, when I walked in, just thought that woman is healthy. Yeah. And she looked at me. Despite the fact I'm overweight, I just give off a vibe of healthy. There's, um, there's a theory that... Uh, that that, that a lot of the langu- a language <laughs> around stuff like that. I don't think I've... I think it's been a lot... This is not a conversation I'm able to have myself yet. But I think it's been a long time since I've looked at anyone and my first thought has been their weight. 
That's fantastic. So I have to let you on a little secret. <clears throat> I'm obsessed with everyone's weight. Not in, a, not in a um, way that I'll ever outwardly acknowledge. Right, right. But because I grew up heavier than people around me, it's the thing I notice most. Me too. Um, me I too grew up, the, grew up bit. Like benchmark myself against in a negative way. Right. And <clears throat> I guess this is like kind of what I was getting at is that like essentially I so the the short story is that I lost a lot of weight um like four years ago or something like that lost five stone in 10 months um which is a lot and um suddenly had this body that everyone was like oh my god and I wrote a big blog about it and I shouted from the rooftops and was like hey guys I lost all this weight and oh really um, and well I had this is before I was a writer so um it's actually how I it was a sort of first block in me finding out that I wanted to be a writer but I wrote a blog called Weight Expectations, which is... Very nice. Oh, very nice. Yeah, it's up yeah, there yeah, with yeah, the yeah, um, yeah, influencer. Yeah. Um, so I used to keep that and um, I lost all this weight. The thing is that I lost the weight not for very good reasons. That I'm not really yeah. going to get into, but there was coercion from a prominent person in my life that had made it a condition of, of our relationship. Trauma, heartbreak, yeah, misery great. generally had not led to great. A, um, a weight exodus. But I did lose a lot of weight and I did feel really good in myself. But um, I still see that time as like the most miserable of my life because at the time it led to a breakdown of the relationship that was massively related to the weight loss. And I left the relationship and I remember being so terrified of putting the weight back on being so anxious and so broken because of all of like everything that had happened that um I just wasn't eating at all and if I was I was getting my calories from drinking mostly um but even at that time when I was the thinnest I probably ever will be like I I remember buying size 12 clothes which for me like I can't remember doing that since I was like a teenager. Yeah, yeah. But and and I was and 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 yeah, it felt great. But even if I look back at those photos now, I just think, fuck, she's so miserable. Like I was so miserable because I thought I thought that the point of me was to be thin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that then the point of me was to sustain this thinness uh, at the cost of anything else. I think. Um... I think that the vast majority of women who aren't thin, children, girls, and then women who mm-hmm. aren't thin, think that happiness lies in thinness. It, and it, it, that's drilled into you from yeah. as soon as you can understand words. Well, no, but and also like everyone in your life endorses it, right? Yeah, everyone. I... And, 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 they, and still now, like that's still a hundred, that's still outside of our loop of people like you and I that might have a conversation together and we've sort of woken up about it, that's still everywhere. I had a, I've got a friendship group of my, some of my dearest friends in a WhatsApp group today where... Um, and it, we were invited to celebrate somebody's weight loss because they've had a terrible physical accident and are on such extreme painkillers that they've lost their appetite. And, and everybody, everybody was like, oh, my God, amazing, well done. And this isn't somebody who... Um, is medically hindered in any way by their weight previously. Right. Like this is someone who was a si- was already a size 
probably 12. Right. Maybe 10. <laughs> Who's lost another, it's however. Right. And, every, and everyone's like, oh my God, I thought you looked amazing. And, da, da, da. and I'm not calling any of these people arseholes, by the no, way. No, no, no. These are some of my dearest women. It's not but it's, even... It's, we are in a everyone. world where, it, that, where I don't think people realise... The, the kindness and compliments, the toxicity in them, it's, it makes it so pervasive. But the problem is What we're that doing is saying, we're just adding to this world where it's like your end game for everyone is thinness. I've I said it before and I'll say it again. I think if you live like that, then you're going to wait. If you live like that, you're never going to be thin. Like you're saying for you, yeah. and I know for me, you're waiting to be happy for your whole life. Yeah, no, 100%. And like, I also, because of like bullshit upbringing, w- was sort of learned to blame everything on my way. So any and and like it's not I've not I mean I've had a very successful career like I've I've you know done really well but it was always this thing that I sucked at that other people could do. And I saw it as a mark of failure. Mm. And then I had a lot of trouble believing that I was lovable as a person. Yeah. Um and for years blamed my weight on that. What that happened, what happened eventually is that I attracted someone who then used my weight as a way of controlling me and it dark tunnels, whatever. But um, even and, and, and if, even though I was coerced into losing all that weight and I then broke up with the person, I like essentially realized that I lost the weight and I lost the relationship (laughs) so all of this like thinking that i'd done about like oh i will be happy when actually i was happy out like and and actually putting a lot of the weight back on like i'm not going to say that i've you know seen every pound like arrive and been like i am totally happy with that like particularly after lockdown like it's been really hard hard. however um I, I still have to remind myself that I am so much happier than I ever was before. Yeah. Like, and, and it, and it, and it, and I'm like, and I'm healthier. And and the thing mm. is, is if you look, so I wrote a piece for Women's Health, which, um, in which I actually interviewed a doctor and was like, I said to him, like, from the point of view of your overall health, if you lose weight and then put weight back on, is it worse for your body than just not losing it in the first place? And he was like, absolutely yes. Really? Just yeah. physically? Not even yeah, taking into like, account mental the health? Yeah, because you're like, it's the putting the, yeah. And then, and then I asked him if, like, stress, like, the stress of being overweight and living in a fat phobic society um, would have a negative impact on your health. And he was like, stress is one of, like, a silent killer. It has an effect on everything. So there's an argument that the stress of living under the weight of everyone else's judgment uh, causes more like pernicious health issues yep. than the weight itself. Yeah. And it's and it's just it's so. Oh, I just I just realised I just wish that I didn't realise in my thirties that the point of me as a person was not to be thin yeah like that i thought that that was the point of me yeah and when i lost the weight i was like oh i've i've reached my point yeah and then i was like but i'm not happy and i've been taught to to think that you know that when i reach this like mecca that that suddenly everything's gonna be like sunshine and i was literally like i got there and i was like oh this is a bit anti-climax isn't it and and you know what like the the main thing that i discovered through that which made it all worthwhile is that I totally fell in love with exercise. 
So, yeah. and I hadn't done that before, and it gave me the confidence to enter exercise spaces and be there, and and you know, and and develop a love for fitness that I had never had before. Yeah. Um, that I retained even when the weight came back on. Yeah. And for that reason, I will never regret doing it. Just because I mean, also because I never regret anything. Because what's the fucking what's point? What's the point? <laughs> but like, I've got like far too much other stuff to like worry about. Um, but. I just think, yeah, it's just such a toxic conversation. And, mm. like, it's so... Like, when I started talking about this stuff, and um, I've done quite a lot of stuff recently after I had a photo shoot done with Women's Health, um, I've had loads of people being like, I showed these pictures to my daughters mm. and said to them, it doesn't matter what you look like. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, when That's I was a huge. kid... It's like, when I was a kid, I just remember so much shame mm. like feeling ashamed all the time yeah and like being being having to be really nice to people because if i wasn't if they didn't like me then i knew the first thing they would go for is my weight yeah. so being nicer to people even if i didn't like them so that i wouldn't open myself up to the possibility that they might insult my weight like yeah. th- that like that constant fear of somebody saying that to you and the thing is that i always think as well as i don't know have you ever heard of um the the phrase tofi or toffee i don't know how to pronounce it i've heard it but i don't know what it means so i have to look up everything thin outside fat inside mm. so basically i actually think and this sounds like something anyway i'm sure that someone will write in the comment section if there is one under you or like no there isn't there are comment sections under my columns but we, we might um, get a tweet nice. okay someone that's like oh this person's really just like making excuses for the fact that you know they're fat and oh no we like, won't get that not okay. with the people who listen to this okay that's good oh no oh. <laughs> no not with hoovering listeners but like i so you know i get this shit all the time with my column um and and it's fine Fuck and i'm used me. to it and like whatever it's but... the problem with having broad appeal isn't it <laughs> <laughs> well i think the thing is is that people will say so i always i sort of came around to the idea that and like god my mum's a scientist i've looked into like you can just trust that i've looked into food digestion nutrition all of this stuff yeah and what i actually think is that fat people <clears throat> or people that put weight on are luckier because putting weight on as an indicator that something that is is out of balance in your body Mm -hmm. and it's something that you can see and notice and then revert course if you want to or if you feel that you can or whatever but it gives you an indication that like this is like if you have or like if you lose weight and and this is like there's a there's a I, i want you to hold that thought and not forget what you were saying but there's a there's a really wonderful like isn't there like an anthropological like truth that his like historically if we were like surviving in the wild uh you know cave people evolving that if you are someone who is um prone to gain weight easily you're going to survive longer of course yeah. like you you're gonna you've got well, store, unless, you've I got suppose, stores and stocks unless, to a point unless there's cannibals around <laughs> and, like, then you just look delicious. and then you just fuck um but like i i uh, no uh, and and like weight change like i don't want to get anyone to listen to this and think that i'm saying that putting weight on is necessarily a bad thing like the yeah. majority of eating disorders um are actually people that um are putting weight on yeah. 
rather than, rather than the other way around. So actually getting healthy from an eating disorder or recovering from an eating disorder for a lot of people means losing weight, which I think is something that we don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but fluctuations, on this. <laughs> fluctuations <laughs> in weight are actually a really handy indicator mm. for you uh, that something's changing in your body. So yes, when my dad, for instance, my dad um, has, has had, has, I guess, cancer... He lost two stone, just like really like he's like always been the same size. Just mm. lost all this weight. Was like, oh, I don't know. It's a huge clue, off. isn't it? To but cancer. like you know, it's 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 actually ha- ha- helpful to have that indicator. Yeah. There's a lot of people walking around that like are naturally very thin and they never think that they have to listen when people say healthy because we've been taught to yeah. like. Equate healthiness with thinness, and and they're like, oh, when when people talk about nutrition healthiness, they're like, well, I'm not fat, so I don't have to listen. And those people are walking around with like high cholesterol, all these things that don't get picked up by doctors. Because another thing that if you're overweight, you'll know is that every time you go to a fucking doctor, they'll go, oh, do you want to lose some weight? And let's talk about this and that. But they pay more attention to you because you have this indicator. Whereas um, there's a lot of people walking around the world that just. Are, I mean, I hate the word healthy because I just think it's used so stupidly. Well, it just means physically healthy. Well, no, but what and, it does and, and in life. the whole thing, but it doesn't in life, but it does in terms of what the well, government it, are saying in it, terms it, of pushing to make the country healthier. Yeah, but I mean, they don't give a fuck about like the, the wholeness of Yeah, but the stupid thing is, the thing that annoys me, and this is kind of was like the thesis of my like column, which I think you read, is um, all that's going to happen is you're going to, this, this, focus on weight loss there might be they might they might be able to cash in on a pr level with a bunch of people who uh start counting calories maintain that for however many months absolute max that they will do that for and who lose a lot of weight very fast who are watching all these programs that they're being commissioned on losing an enormous amount of weight very quickly led by people who are you know apparently doctors you know and they will follow that and they'll do a quick before and after picture and no one will give a fuck what's happened to them in another year another two years but the point is there's an after and after the after and like yeah there's a whole story. There's a long-term fucking game and there's an intelligent way of looking at this but it's not happening. Well, I think the thing that uh, that upsets me the most is that if you... They had an opportunity to start talking about health as a multifactorial thing, right? It is true that there are certain, like aspects to being overweight that will have an effect on loads of different parts of your health however um their mental health problems are more deadly in many respects oh yeah and also we're not even just talking about life and death like quality of life no like you can live years, miserably you're just living before, miserably like i lost weight i was miserable when i lost weight i was like consumed by the whole thing like i feel like i only really started living like when i started sort of shed all of this I just woke up one day and was like oh I don't fucking care anymore like I literally was just that it you didn't read something or watch something or have therapy or uh, well you I just... did was because I left so I ditched the boyfriend that essentially yeah, the baddie well he put he said that me losing weight was a, a like um, condition of us staying together Oh my fucking god! <laughs> um, and um, yeah, oh, no, really cool guy, really cool guy. Um, and after I Christ. after I got out of that situation, I did have a lot of therapy. Had a yeah, lot of therapy. Good. And just by virtue of like the chaos that we live in, 
the randomly assigned therapist I got is an eating disorder specialist. So she's oh, wow. got like loads of like insight in this stuff. And I'm not going to like, we haven't got to the bottom of it because mm. I am in my life always gaining or losing, like in right. terms of my weight. I haven't yeah. got to a stage where I just sort of stay. Mm-hmm. I feel positive that I'm going to get there. I'm not there yet. I don't want to like... What, to find a place that's your plateau place? Well, yeah. Like, right. because in I... I, I think I did there. I like, made it in your body, but I had a really big olive pit. <laughs> I, I think went, before... In your, in your body. <laughs> I think before lockdown, I was there, actually. I was pretty right. pretty healthy, pretty me too. healthy. Yeah, me too. Um, pretty, like... Me oh, too. I was, I was in the same clothes for a really long time yeah, before same. lockdown. And I knew that um, I had a very... I've, 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 similar, but with different catalysts, backstory, in the sense that I moved... I've always been the biggest person around me growing up. Um, a family of, like, kind of live people that fluctuate a tiny amount, but not... Just mm-hmm. the, just the, sort of this random, fatter kid than everyone else. Um, but, oh, God, anyway, it's complicated. But when I got to un- university in London, I moved from a tiny village to central London halls. Um, I was... Uh, the. I was at the time the biggest I'd ever been, um, but I'd I'd been in this very happy relationship. I I I was sort of in the countryside, just sort of weirdo. I had a long term relationship at fifteen for a year and a half, and then I had another one. And I, I, that and that one, I was so in love and I was so happy. And he's like he was like a model. He didn't know it was beautiful boy, Tim. He was so, and we're <laughs> friends. We're still friends. Hi, Tim. Lovely boy. Hi Tim. Lovely Tim. But unwittingly, like without who knows what was going on, I put on stones and stones and stones in that relationship anyway when I got to university he took a gap year and went traveling and I didn't and it was my first heartbreak and I remember at the time his lovely parents saying to us um you'll have this so many times in your life and me thinking you bastards because I know I doubt myself but I was just so sad but also excited for this new beginning and what better thing than to throw yourself into a brand new life and then a lot of stars aligned so it was a brutal heartbreak a very difficult degree that I wasn't very good at for the first year I worked very inefficiently I worked very long hours I was working I'd get up at 8am and and no one else was doing that we were students law Um, and um, I'd work until 1am and I'd play hard too I'd like go out drink loads and come back and try again to read the thing I didn't understand. Like I was just, it was so inefficient. Anyway, I also had a routine in my life in a way that I'd never had before. I'd always had parents working either away or on shifts. I was on my own a lot as an only child. And then suddenly I was in these catered university halls where I also worked in the kitchen. So I knew how disgusting the food was in the kitchen right, as well. Right, right, right. So I had the same thing for breakfast every day. I had a huge breakfast. I had like loads of things, but I had all the breakfast things. But by come dinner time, um, it was basically only really safe to have a jacket potato. <laughs> so I had that with something different in it every day for a year. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd sometimes have a soup, I'd have, most days I had a super noodle, um, packet of super noodles with some cucumber for lunch. But I was wow. like, I was, a dr- I was running on adrenaline yeah, the whole yeah, time. Yeah. I, I started going to the gym, but I didn't know what I was doing in there. I just sort of making my own way round. Occasionally I'd use a weights machine and think, this is fun, but you better get back on the cardio thing you hate yeah, 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 and watch yeah. MTV with your head. Yeah, it, it was, it, it, but it was a pattern and it was a routine. It was almost like a kind of funner version of a prison life. It was so <laughs> routine. It looked like a prison, the halls, and it smelled sick. It was oh, fucking awful. God. And it was so expensive. Anyway, yeah, I lost uh, about five and a half stone. Fuck. And, um, and the way I was treated then, and this was what I'd always wanted, and I had comments from my people I dearly love, um, 
you know, family saying like, oh my God, finally, for the first time in your whole life, you've got a flat tummy. And, I'm, and, I, and I went through years afterwards, decades afterwards, longer, where I'd look at photos of them and be like, oh my God. And I don't anymore. Like, I still I do, do. I do that. But but but, okay. I, but it's ch- but only because I can sort of work out what's going on. I know that in the moment, a lot of me felt great. A lot of me felt great. But I do feel wise enough to remember the conversations that made me go, "Hang on." Like I'd had conversations with people who'd be like, "Oh, this boy in halls would say to me, oh my god, I told my mum about your weight loss because I think it's incredible and she just needs to do it.' You are like a different person. Oh my god. I know. And I was like, and this is an eighteen-year-old boy, you know, nineteen-year-old boy. And I remember saying to him. Um, also, like, who the hell uh, goes to uni and loses their fucking mum yeah. about their fucking weight? But we did call his nickname was already Fascist Dave because he liked Thatcher. <laughs> um, but and we'd often egg his door. Anyway, he. Um, <laughs> I didn't see that, but, no, uh, but you uh, just. I remember so, so offended. I was like, "What do you mean I'm a different person? Yeah, I'm exactly the same person. I remember that hitting me like a fucking train. Like, oh, I am a still person. I, I, I'm this. I'm. I'm still me, or whatever version of an eighteen-year-old has a clue who they are. But I was like, oh, I do. You love this. Though, feel like, like when I whatever like, happens to you, Shell, you're not. It's other things that fundamentally change you. It's like I. So I lost all this weight while in a relationship, and then when we broke up, I was just a bit like, what the fuck? And mm. I remember I was out one night in. Um, in Peckham and I saw a guy that I used to sleep with essentially before I met my ex and um, he was there and he was like oh hey haven't seen you for ages so I was like yeah I haven't really been around Um, anyway short story is that we ended up having sex and I the whole time was like so how much hotter am I am I hotter yeah I'm so (laughs) much hotter am I like and literally he just stopped off for a while and was like um he was like I just like you keep mentioning the way and like fine but he was like I just want you to know that like I fancied you then and I fancy you now and like there's no more fancy or less fancy I just fancy you I really like him and I like this guy no he's a, he's a good guy like terrible we're terrible for each other I saw you about to say terrible at sex oh, no. <laughs> like, it's one of those people that you just have sex with and you're really drunk but yeah. Yeah, like, literally for me I was like yeah. what like, I remember going home and, and, like, even, like, my boyfriend now, like, the other day I was like, oh, I'm freaking out about my weight because lockdown, da 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 mm. And he was like, and, and he texted me back, like, ten minutes later and he was like, babe, you're, you, I'm so proud of you. You've achieved so many things and you're, like, smashing it at life. And yeah. I was like, why did you say that? And he was like, I just don't want you to think that this small part of you is worth more than all of the other shit that you do. Yeah. And, and oh, my like, God, it sounds like a fucking keeper, mate. Like, <laughs> it's going to go straight to its head. And, um... <laughs> You still have to work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Did you watch the video that Boris Johnson did? About running? Um, about how he'd lost a bit of weight and how he'd been running. And I'll tell you my thoughts on this, and okay. I don't know if we're on about the same video. I'm trying to write some stand-up about it, <laughs> because it made me really, really tickled. didn't make me raging, it made me tickled. The one was... where he did, where he's got his doggy with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's out walking, and he's talking about, I go for a run. Um, I go for a run, I never lost all this weight. Yeah, I'm not sure it's There's well, nothing between. No, it's not because I almost died. It's because yeah. I've been walking. And, what you, and, he, and he basically said, when I, you know, when I got COVID-19, I was way too fat. I was just way too fat. <laughs> I was this many stone, whatever. Anyway, the bit that stuck with me from that fucking video, if you're trying to make your nation healthier, is that he, throughout the video, is walking, but talking about running, get fucked. Let's see you run. <laughs> Let's see you fucking run, BJ. And then... This for me was the standout sentence, and 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 as women who have been had the joy of discovering a type of moving their body that they love, Mm -hmm. I fucking love lifting weights. He said, and I do think that's it. Like I think if you want people to enjoy movement, you need to sell movement. You need to sell the fact that probably no, no, don't attach weight to it. If something's punitive, if something's torturous, if something's uh, not fun. It's not sustainable. You literally need to sell it because there's probably a type of movement that even even if it's uh, I genuinely mean like I'm unpatronising it. I mean, sh- walking, stretching, just anything that makes you aware of your muscles mm-hmm. is going to make you feel more alive. It, it, and there's millions of people who haven't found that thing. I do think most people there's probably something that's going to make them go oh, my God, oh that 100%. felt nice that felt nice like that swimming, felt a buzz. swimming was always my thing i loved swimming for years anyway he says in his video um i get up in the morning i go for a run and that's the worst bit of my day over <laughs> this is a man whose job is governing a country on the brink of the most catastrophic economic collapse <laughs> in all of, of history <laughs> <laughs> that's riddled with a never-ending deadly pandemic like many, that's 60, killed how many? 60,000 deaths. 60, yeah, deaths. That's the and the worst day. part of his day He's is a run. fucking quick waddle. You've got to feel sorry for him. You've got to. What's an amazing advert for exercise. Oh, God. Like, that's, uh, to He's be a fair, fucking okay, no, you've changed, you've changed my opinion. of a fuck-muppet cunt. I, I, I hate him. I've literally never said anything positive about him in my life, but I did think that... I think I think I, I sort of... I, I, I felt... I felt for it, Jess, and okay. you've just made me realise. Sorry. That just that he came and he was like, "Look, I'm a person that's been fat. Like, I understand." And I did feel like he was a little bit like he owned it a little bit and was like, "Look, I know what it's like. It is hard." And like, I did feel like. He, well, he probably will lose a bit of weight now. And he'll put it back on again. Yeah, and he'll pop it back on again. When and that would have been worse than not bothering. But the thing that annoys me, and I said this in my article that the, I think is the one that you read, um, is that like we are in a pandemic. 
Correct. We are also in the middle of a mental health crisis. Yeah. All that we're going to do by like so yes, it's true. There there are there is evidence and there are outcomes like medical like research that says that if you have a higher body fat percentage certain things will be harder for you medically weathering a like covid might be like statistically yep. you might be more at risk okay so that's fine and people should know that and it's if they want to like questionable though isn't it compared to other factors but anyway yeah fine. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. okay okay i get it yeah yeah if you um, if you, if you like, want to say if you, if you, you want to say yeah okay fine yeah. okay yes. that's one thing yes right? yeah, yeah, yeah. if you want to go if you are if you're if you're going to really, use... really, 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 really 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 fat you're might have more complications from covid yeah and, and, and also and the thing is that like like basically his his whole spiel on like protect like protect the nhs right yeah. is to me a laugh but not a good laugh um because <laughs> it's like so we're in the grips like i mean i'm sure you could name five people straight off the bat in your life that could benefit from having therapy that can't access it because the NHS is overburdened. Right? 100%. I think everyone knows those people. I was one of those Way people. And five. I, like, fund myself and I can't afford mm. it. But sure, you know, this is like... Is this like the sort of new version of a champagne socialist? Like a therapised... Yeah, maybe. Like, literally... Lefty. I spend all my fucking money on therapy... Like that is my biggest outlay every I, um, month. I am for the first time in my life. I currently am spending more on my physical health than my mental health. Oh wow! But only because I've joined a CrossFit gym. Oh god! Just, just to be the class clown. <laughs> I am. Um, like, I just um, want to tell you this, and then we'll get back into the serious stuff. <laughs> There's a move you have to learn, where you lift a barbell up. At this point, with very few weights on it. No, the big long one. Big guy. Like a bench press. Like the dead lefty Probably bench pressy one. You lift up off the floor, you dead lift up off the floor, and you sort of pull it up very quickly to up your up very close to your body to just above your to round your neck, basically. And um I did that in a class and it bounced off my gut and into a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and if and, and, and I was telling the story and reveling in the story. I bounced a I've bounced forty kilograms off my gut um and into a crowd and um I I don't think my girlfriend believed me and then it turns out there was an actual bruise <laughs> at the underside of my belly. <laughs> Hashtag this girl can't <laughs> <laughs> no, she can, she can, she, she can. can. Do she can, she fucking can. Um, but yeah, no, just round it <laughs> off. Sorry. In a context. Yes. Because I'm on my fucking soapbox now, and like, yeah, so yeah, help yeah, me yeah, God. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting it always. <gasps> um, like, basically, if if you look at our mental health, like, services and how they're struggling to accommodate, like, the demand, the massive demand of loads of people that just can't access therapy, like... And, and if you like, okay, so I used to work at The Economist. I don't know if I'm supposed to name drop or can name drop. Yes, please. I spent many years analysing reports about, about economic, like looking at a country's finances and understanding yeah. how economics works. So I can speak pretty confidently, yeah. right? The one thing that economics is about is about relationships between one thing and another. One thing... And, and about short-term, medium-term, long-term, like, is, like, effects on how one type of spending can then, you know, stop you having to spend money later or so on and so forth. And the cost-benefit of this, so yes, you may save some lives and or reduce 
the burden on one part of the NHS, but teaching people that they are like doing damage to the NHS if they're overweight yeah. will cause them more emotional problems in the long run. Yeah. That will probably like we know as and we know how difficult like you know eating and weight and whatever can can weigh on your mental health. Mm -hmm. You're just shifting the burden to another part of the NHS. And so yes, when you look at that section of the NHS and like intensive care and whatever, you might have a numbers shift, and then they can go, oh look, how we did this thing, and some numbers changed and they went down and whatever. But if you look at the whole picture, you'll see that in other areas, people like will have to spend money because. Like, it's just not as simple. It's not long-term thinking. The best way of dealing with something like this is teaching people that it doesn't matter how you fucking look. You should exercise to enjoy it. The thing that annoys me the most is I never realised how enjoyable exercise was until I was thin. Right, and it, I because never, you felt welcome there. Because All I of felt a sudden, you could, yeah. And because, and uh, because what I, a fucking head fuck! What an absolute head fuck! Isn't it? Say scrum diddly umptious. And then you can be in my podcast. Scrum diddly But um, the point is, is that when I was told I couldn't exercise, I just was like, "Well, fuck this!" And then I started eating to comfort myself. Yeah. And couldn't exercise, and was just like, "I'm miserable," and like. Uh, surprise, surprise, um, none of my clothes fit now. Yeah. And that's a shit feeling as well. But yeah. I'm kind of grappling now with the whole, how do I get this all back? Because another thing is that I'm now pain-free in my neck, almost. But my muscles are, like, really fucked from, like, all of the weird shit that you do when you're injured. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying to be a real grown-up, and instead of just getting straight back into running, yeah. I have decided to spend the next month doing strength exercises so that I'm building right. my strength back up so that yeah. when I start cardio I'm not just going to immediately injure myself mm. but god I'm literally just like oh god it was easier right like this is and this is okay I'm about to say something controversial part of me is like it was easier before body positivity because at least I knew how to hate myself yeah. Like it was like very simple. Yep. But now I'm like and, and and by the way I think this is such a just valid want to say tap tap tap. I'm not saying that it's good, but yeah. I'm saying it was simpler. Yeah. Because I knew that I had to lose weight and that was just one like voice in my head that was like, This is the thing to do. Yeah. Now I'm like, but shouldn't I just feel okay about the fact I put weight on? So listen, I, don't, I think I'm this like, is it, and I think this is the rub, and I think this is everything right now. Is that um, we are in this very complicated world where body positivity has done all this wonderful stuff for us, and we've learned and intellectualized our way around at the absolute truth of health at every size. We really have, because we know whether we're healthy or not, and actually our size isn't necessarily that relevant to that. We've it, like that's a bare, like it's a naked, great big sprawled out fact. What we've not done is address the fact that. Body positivity has also given us uh, icons who essentially have sold us the idea that you have to love yourself in whatever body you're in, which for, I think, the vast majority of people is unattainable. Like, I would would lick Lizzo's feet, (laughs) even if she just wet herself. But she does have a song about you are supposed to want to marry yourself. 
Um, not just yeah. fuck yourself, marry yourself. Like I, I mean, I think we've all I, fucked ourselves a few times. <laughs> well, let's hope so. God, we're all adults. But I do think that there's something unhelpful, and it's not the first time, and it won't be the last that it comes up on this podcast, about the idea that body positivity kind of requires such an inordinate level of self-love that you're that we then think when we put on weight and feel shit about ourselves but that we're love, a terrible cunt or a shit feminist. But I don't love it's anyone like, else's no. body like that. No, I, no. I don't love bodies. I love people like that. Oh, I don't and like... I and, and so it's kind of weird yeah. to say to someone like... The way that we're taught to love each other is through our, who that person is. Yeah. But then body positivity sort of... And, and, like, to be honest, I think, to be honest, it's one of those things where you have, like, two things that are really unlevel. You have to go real hard on that one before mm. it's going to, like, um, yeah, like to, to, to sort of balance things out. I think there's, like, a lot of... You know, I think now is the time when these interesting conversations are starting to come out of the, like, you know a lot of people are having the same thing. It's like, well, I was taught to hate myself and to be thin. Now I'm being told to love myself. And stay and, and stay, stay as big like, as I can get. But actually, I know, and, 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 and I know, and I know this well, and I know this really confidently, that I am not the way that I want to be. Yeah, so. And I don't feel good in myself. Yeah. And I now know... And now I don't. I now don't know. We're also both saying that as women who have no aspiration to be thin. No, by any. I I standard. just want to go back to what I was like yeah. before lockdown. Yeah. Because I was because I was exercising regularly. I felt you know I, even if I was like oh I I was like I, I feel like I'm on top of this. Yeah. Like I feel like you know and I feel like I lost that and now as with anything with size and weight or whatever mm. it feels so insurmountable the whole. Like, it's like you're standing in front of a fucking massive mountain and you're like, how do I scale it? Like, because now I'm like, well, I can't just go on a diet, can I? Because no, what I... if that takes me to the bad place? And what, and, but I need to reduce my, because like, let's be honest, the only way to lose weight is to reduce your calorie intake or increase your, like, exercise. You need to be in calorie deficit. That's how you lose weight so how do you do that and be body positive and and be like woke and and not even it's not even body positive i'm in exactly the same place but i i can't i can't go on a diet like i can't go no i know i know i know me too i will oh I can't. It keeps me awake at night at the moment, goes, though. I it's, can't. It, oh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, it keeps you awake. No, I, I, I literally last night. I literally did not sleep. Oh, sorry, I literally did not sleep because I was lying there thinking. The, I the can't energy go on a diet. that's being consumed by our brilliant, brilliant minds about our bodies—it's it's a fucking travesty. It's mate. awful. Like, because I've seen I last night, and like I was lying there, and I was thinking. I don't, I can't go on a diet, but I want to lose weight yeah. and I want to change the way I'm eating. And how do I do that without restricting? And like, it's just like, it's just too much. It, it, I now... Do you know just, what I think the answer is? Potentially. Go on. And it's going to sound horribly body Slim positive. fast. No, I'm joking. Fucking <laughs> imagine. Kyra is, I, I think the solution to you... <laughs> Can you imagine this far down the line? That'd be a right turn. My fear is, my fear, because I'm not there yet, is that it is making peace with whatever situation we're in now. If imagine if we were able to go, well, this is. They said, imagine if this is the natural bit. This is the bit that it came back to. Because also that's going to shift as our uh, uh, as as our lives changes and we get older and perhaps our lives are less active because of work, because of the nature of the pandemic going on for years. Like I think there might be an element. 
for me of going, I think I probably just have to make, I buy the clothes that fit, make your piece, see what happens. I think See what happens that, as your life and your world gets more active naturally. But I actually naturally. think, do you know what? Like, for me, what? one thing that I've noticed has really been a harmonising influence is being with someone who loves me yeah. and is, like, very... Doesn't, like, it doesn't see that as such a big thing. And, like, one thing that my, my best friend... My long-suffering best friend was literally born six days apart. Like, our mums were friends in the NCT. She is naturally very thin. Yeah. Like, we eat, like, we love eating together. Like, if we eat, like, she's the person that's like, she, like she's got two kids, and like, she'll wing me up, and she'll be, like, eating, like, a Kit Kat chunky, and she's just like, yes, hun. Like, but if we ate the same, I would put on weight, and she wouldn't. Like, right, different yeah. bodies, right? Yeah. And... It has been so hard for her, I think, seeing me be so horrible to myself mm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, and I try, and now that she's had these two kids, and these two kids, like, are like they're not my fucking kids. Like, I love those kids. Yeah. And they see I'm trying to love, actually, here's a thing. Yeah. We start our own fucking movement. I want to love myself the way that a little kid loves me. Mm. Not like anyone else that's just like, you're a fun, great beacon of light. You don't look like anything. I don't yeah. know how, like, that's the kind of self-love I would like to aspire to. Mm, I'm in my tongue. A mystery ghost does a spell that makes all hooks unfurl. It sounds fine, but actually loads of heavy stuff falls on stages, dockyards, all hair goes straight, pirates are fucked. It's, um, it's an awful existential nightmare. The ghost agrees to undo that nonsense, but only if you, and really it does have to be you, Rose, deep sea dive down to a shipwreck and bring up a hundred treasure coins, but one coin at a time, and it takes all day. Um, it sounds impossible, but you do it. You're a hero. Your award is a place in history as a woman who saved us all from the absolutely terrible mystery ghost spell, um, where nothing was ever curly again. Um, but, um, your award in the moment is the feast of your dreams. Oh, okay. But because of everything that's happened to you with the deep sea diving, you are famished. And and, and with that, you're famished, you're starving, (laughs) but also you're so high. Because you're like the hero of okay. the universe. Okay. You're like, you know, so, so famous yeah, 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 for yeah. such a great thing. Such a cool, weird, great thing. Yeah. You're never going to be forgotten. This is enormous. So you're the happiest and hungriest you can ever imagine. It's basically how I feel after doing a podcast. <laughs> yes, please. I want to know what you would eat, what you would drink, and who with and where, if there's a who with and where. And I don't... Uh, uh, probably with you goes without saying I don't give a fuck about whether it's ethical or healthy and I actually don't care if it's possible it can be totally fantastical if you want oh this is so fucking lame are you ready yes it's so lame like my literal dream situation and I do it often is sitting on a sofa with my best friend eating chocolate drinking tea that she has made yes and laughing at her husband Oh, yeah! Literally, the two of us, like, poor fucking lad, like, during lockdown, because they met when we were at school. I've known him for, like, half my life. 
like during lockdown when I was like things are getting weird like she would like video chat me like three times a day just to check that I hadn't like like braided my own hair or like I don't know like, <laughs> I love it like that's, your, that's your epitome of like, like sending the sending the troops or like I mean obviously I've had mental health problems in the past so you know keep an eye on me and so she'd like video chat me when she was like then she my favorite like my favorites they'd literally just be like hey kids Auntie Rose is on the video and they'd be like and you could just see them in the background and I'd be like and I remember her son's been going through this phase where he just asks questions all the fucking question question about four or five and i said to him uh he's three and a half and i said to him arlo you can ask me any question you want any question like what do you want to ask me and he was like "Uh, uh, uh, literally that was it finished it um anyway um we like we got to the stage where we couldn't even be fucked to to make conversation on these things so one Friday, it was like VE day when all the like gammons were out like celebrating, including my dad, sorry. Um, and <laughs> um, and uh, we, were, and I video chatted her. I just called my dad a gammon. He is a, he's, he's a Labour voter. <coughs> anyway, um, I literally, um, when, so I video chatted her and she, she literally picks up the phone and she goes, what? And I was like, oh, I know, but I'm just sitting here, like, being mental. And she was just like, oh, Dan and I just eating chocolate and wondering why we had two kids. And <laughs> just watching the TV and it's V-Day. And literally, I just sat there watching it with them. I put it on in my room nice. in London. They, and we literally... And, like, me and Maddie would take the piss out of Dan. And then Dan and Maddie would take the piss out of me. And it was literally like I was just sitting there. And it wasn't even... We weren't talking about anything. No, and that same perfect. week, we started doing, like our Sainsbury's orders together on the phone just because like, what else do you talk about and she's like have you got cheese I've got I've got cheese what have I, what have I forgotten oh Dan's like oil uh, I literally <laughs> like shit got really but literally that that my most happy place is doing nothing with my best mate and as long as she's made the tea because she makes a very good cup of tea and some sort of chocolate yeah, it's literally it. I'm a simple lady. What a dreamy answer! Thank you so much for doing this. Of course, thanks for having me. Mmm, delicious! What an absolutely belting guest! Thanks to Rose for doing that. Um, follow her at Rose Stokes. R-O-S-E-S-T-O-K-E-S for updates on everything that she's writing. She's constantly got articles coming out that are absolutely blinding. Um, The article that inspired me to beg Rose to hoover with me is on Metro. It's Googleable. But as ever, there is a link in the podcast notes which should be available wherever you get your podcast from. Anything in capitals in my podcast notes is always a link so feel free to support the podcast with lovely reviews and recommendations or uh, telling other people about it thank you if you're already doing that or you can support it with cold hard money uh, either on Acast supporter for a one-off help or on Patreon to become a regular patron links again in the podcast notes make sure you're following at the hoovering pod to find out everything that we're up to and not miss out on anything follow me as well if you want at jessica foster q anything longer than a tweet email me through my website jessicafosterq.com huge thanks to acast for hosting the podcast hoovering is produced by emma caution and the music is by mike greenway until next week happy hoovering (sighs) 
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.